Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in the east until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Does it seem like Christmas was a long time ago? At our house, Christmas is long gone. The tree is out on the curb. I took down most of our Christmas outside lights. Some of them are still stuck up on a limb, but I took most of them down. All our Christmas cookies have been eaten. Kroger has already moved on to Valentine's Day. Christmas is old news for a lot of us. All that's left for me of Christmas is the 10 pounds that I gained during the course of these holidays. Yet here we are singing about the three kings at First Presbyterian Church because according to the Gospel of Matthew, they didn't show up until after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Some scholars think that he may have been five or six years old by the time they got there, which might sound strange because what we, what we know or what we think we know comes both from the Bible and what we've been told. Not all of what we've been told is true. Some of it was made up. We've been told that their names were Gaspar, Melchior, and Belshazzar, but that's not in the Bible. We've been told uh, that there were three of them. That's not in the Bible either, that there were, there were in fact three gifts, but the Gospel of Matthew never specifies how many magi, kings, or wise men, whatever you want to call them, actually showed up. Nor should we be so quick to conclude that all of them were men. 
When they couldn't find Jesus, they stopped and asked for directions. So there must have been at least one woman with them. That's my favorite epiphany joke. Uh, the other I just heard from Ray Fountain uh, is, a, is a cartoon where one of them shows up with Frankenstein instead of Frankincense. <laughs> but seriously, what, what people don't know, they make up. So not knowing their names, not knowing where they came from, not knowing when they arrived or how many there actually were. Tradition came up with all kinds of answers. There's even a children's book that names their camels. Aaron, Nina, and Pinda. My friends, the names of their camels are besides the point. Rather than getting wrapped up in superfluous details that someone made up, consider instead what the Bible tells us. For it's likely that the Gospel of Matthew tells us everything that we need to know about these magi from the East simply by telling us that they stopped and ask for directions. It's not always easy to stop and ask for directions. It's not always easy to ask for help even when you're lost. Think about what all it takes for George Bailey to finally stop and ask for directions when he reaches the end of his rope. I watched a lot of Christmas movies between Christmas and New Year. I watched Elf a couple times. But It's a Wonderful Life is my favorite, and George Bailey is a very good character. He doesn't know it, but he's made a difference in the lives of so many people by giving them the means to buy their first home. On the other hand in this movie is Mr. Potter. George is at odds with Mr. Potter. George loses his temper and calls him a warped, frustrated old man, which he is for Mr. Potter is willing to take advantage of people in order to make himself more money. He takes and he takes and he takes as though he'd be happy if he owned the whole town. The thing he can't seem to get his hands on is the building and loan that George and his Uncle Billy run. When Mr. Potter ends up with an envelope full of cash that Uncle Billy was supposed to deposit... He doesn't return it, but allows the bank examiner to breathe down George's neck. It appears that the building and loan will close, and George will go to jail for misusing funds. Next, next we see George with his life insurance plan in hand, standing on a bridge above a river, thinking that he is worth more dead than alive. He fears that he's about to lose everything. And the only way he can imagine saving his family is by sacrificing himself. Yet in what might be his last moment, he prays. Dear Father in heaven, I'm not a praying man, but if, you, if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. That's a powerful prayer. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Have you ever voiced such vulnerability? Notice that in our second scripture lesson from the Gospel of Matthew, we have, on the one hand, Magi from the East who come to Jerusalem asking for directions, saying, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? 
While on the other hand, when King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem was frightened with him. Think about the difference between those two attitudes. On the one hand are these magi from the east asking for directions. They're they're asking for Jesus. They're seeking him out. They want to meet him as though there's something that he has that they might want or need. They go to him bearing gifts worthy of a king. While on the other hand... King Herod is afraid because if there is another king in Jerusalem, then he's suddenly vulnerable, and he didn't want to be vulnerable. In fact, he was determined to make himself invulnerable, and so he searches for the child, not to pay him homage, but to destroy him. Next, we read in the Gospel of Matthew that he channels Pharaoh from the Exodus by having all the boy children in Bethlehem killed so that his position will be secure. People do all kinds of things to try and keep their positions secure. They'll pretend that they know where they're going even when they're lost. They'll pretend that they know the answer when they don't. They'll see others as threats rather than friends. They can't laugh at themselves for to err makes them vulnerable. What's wrong with being vulnerable? Think about George Bailey. When George Bailey reaches the end of his rope and his wife lets the whole town know that he needs help, what do they do? They bring him gifts. When instead of lashing out and building walls up around himself, when instead of breathing threats and allowing his fear to turn into hate, when instead of closing in on himself and becoming a monster, he opens his heart and becomes vulnerable. He asks God for direction. He prays to God to show him the way. And what happens? What happens? The town brought him gifts. He became vulnerable. And they brought him gifts. My friends, I'm not just talking about George Bailey anymore. I'm talking about myself. For I am a man who hates to ask for directions. I am a man who can't stand to ask for help. Last week... Rain was coming into our basement. Sarah's trying to help me. I'm determined to do it all by myself. She starts calling Freddie Moore, our favorite contractor, but I'm determined to do it all by myself. Do you know what happened when Sarah ignored my stubbornness and called for help anyway? Well, you can go down to our basement and see. I couldn't fix it, but it's fixed. I can't fix everything. I'm just a human who, last Wednesday, called Bill Payton Bill Rohner during Bill Payton's funeral. Did you hear that I did that last Wednesday? Well, I did, and it nearly killed me. I've had that reoccurring nightmare for years. I've never wanted to make that mistake, but I did. I'm only human. And there was a part of me that wanted to cover up my mistake and pretend that it hadn't happened. 
There was a big part of me that wanted just to keep on going, hoping that no one had heard the slip. Well, they had heard the slip. So I stopped to apologize and to laugh at myself, and the congregation laughed with me. After the funeral, someone told me, that was the best part of the whole service. (laughs) Why? I've been wondering that all week, why? Why would that be the best part of the service? Because only one of us was ever perfect. And think about what he did. He so wanted a relationship with us that he came down from heaven, was born of the Virgin Mary, and was incarnate in human form. The King of kings and Lord of lords shows us how to live by making himself vulnerable. His very DNA is humility. Rather than stay up in heaven, he came down here. Rather than live in a palace, he was born in a barn. He came eating and drinking, laughing and crying. Why then would we hide our every mistake, our mistakes which just reveal that we are human? We are the only species so vulnerable as to require parents for survival. Yet our Father in heaven becomes vulnerable to come here and be in relationship with us. Why then would we be slow to ask for direction when Jesus was born into our human weakness? My friends, I must remember that the way to build relationship is through vulnerability. We all must remember that the way to build friendship, be better parents, better partners in relationship, is to stop and ask for directions. That's how relationships are built. And we know it's true because God builds a relationship with us by becoming human. Reveal your humanity. Reveal your imperfection. Reveal your faults, your weaknesses, your prayers, your dreams, your insecurity. For it is by becoming vulnerable that we become like Christ. This is the way to live. It is by offering ourselves, revealing our true nature. For it is by losing what we've long defended that we will gain eternal life. Amen. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.